Welcome to Extraterrestrial Reality. Uh, today I want to talk about the praying mantis aliens. Um, and, uh, you know, I was talking about them uh, somewhat a little bit yesterday, and I want to get into just focus on those things today. It appears that these praying mantis uh, creatures are the ones who are in charge of the greys, the tall greys, and apparently uh, reptilian-style beings. Um, uh, are, 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 is there some something above them we don't really know? Uh, according to research from different uh, people who have hypnotized abductees, as far as we know, the mantises are on the top of this hierarchy, and uh, apparently they're the ones who are uh, responsible for the hybridization program. They're the ones who want this. Uh, and uh, if uh, what we suspect that maybe these gray beings, the short grays, the tall grays, and perhaps even the reptilians themselves, maybe they are uh, genetically modified by the praying mantises to work here, to do the labor, to do the, the, the work that the mantises want to get done, and they basically just issue orders. Uh, it's hard to understand. It's hard to actually believe that something like this could possibly have happened. Uh, that an insect like a praying mantis could have evolved uh, into an intelligent being, uh, even more so than <laughs> to a level that surpasses where we are right now. I mean, uh, we've only been recording history, we humans, for what, uh, 5,000 plus years, uh, somewhere around there. I mean, we've been around for, for some millions of years, sure, but uh, we really didn't even start recording history till about five or 6,000 years ago. Uh, so you have to wonder, like, when, when did these mantises develop? When did they be, how, well, how long have they been intelligent beings? I mean, uh, where were they at 10 million years ago? For all we know, they, they may have evolved, they, they have may have reached our uh, place of uh, in evolution millions of years ago they could be millions of years more advanced than we are and i wouldn't doubt that because uh they, they are very good at what they do they are very secretive they have a program ongoing it, it appears uh they are uh what it seems like to me what's happening is uh they if if they are the ones in charge if they are the top of the fruit fruit chain and there's nothing above them right then they are the ones who are responsible for this alleged hybridization program and you gotta give it, give them uh, 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 hats off to the to the how how well they've been doing this. I mean, how 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 great their program really has has progressed because we still, I mean, for one thing, our governments are too afraid to even tell us the truth about this extraterrestrial presence. I mean, some of us know, of course, for, for various reasons, uh, the truth. Uh, and that, I mean, so if that's the case, you can understand why uh, they are keeping this secret. Because let's look at the what's happening here. If for instance, these these other beings that are beneath the uh, ma uh, mantises that say say they they have been genetically modified to perform certain tasks uh, that benefit the mantises, uh, particularly this hybridization program. And what 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 does it what does this seem like? What 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 does this hybridization program consist of? Well. Uh, it consists of basically taking male sperm and eggs, mixing them with alien DNA, uh, impregnating uh, female victims, human females, uh, then removing the fetus after three months. Of course, we've talked about this before. And then taking care of the rest of the uh, process themselves somehow, putting them in tanks somewhere and growing them themselves. And then actually, that what, from what we understand from people like uh, Dr. David M. Jacobs, who's written different books like The Thread here, uh, what happens next is these uh what's happening for years now it seems is that they've been mingling among us people that 
beings that are alien in nature but look like humans and that's the the goal seems to to keep doing this in, integrating themselves changing our dna's to something else to something that they want for whatever reason we don't know why is that how they take over planets rather than just kill everybody what they do is that they just basically absorb us and uh you know we've talked about this before i just want to point out uh you know, in David Jacobs' book, The Threat, I just want to point out uh, what, what these. Uh, there was a section here on page ninety-four that talks about uh, the uh, insectoids or the praying mantis aliens. It says here, uh, and this is on page ninety-four and ninety-five of The Threat, the hardcover edition. It says uh, the reports of reptilians or insectoids may simply be a matter of word choice, but. And some abductees apply these descriptive terms to aliens whom other abductees might describe as standard greys, assuming, however, that reptilian and insect-like beings are actually different types. It is noteworthy that abductees almost always see them with the grey aliens, not alone, and that the tasks they perform are all within the standard alien matrix. They generally perform the taller beings' more specialized functions. Abductees often express dislike or fear of these aliens, sometimes characterizing them as mean or evil, although they have no evidence for these assertions. Although we have not yet delineated the reptilian beings' roles, the insectoid beings are coming into sharper relief. Abductees have reported an alien who seems to have a higher rank and supervisory status than even the taller beings. He is very tall and is usually wearing a cape or long robe with a high collar. He often is described as an insect-like being who looks somewhat like a praying mantis or a giant ant. He examines abductees only infrequently and most often engages in staring procedures. I just want to stop there for a second. The staring procedures is basically when they're putting they could be putting things into your mind they could read your mind they could stare into your mind they can make you see things that aren't real uh this is what some of the things that abductees have reported anyway continuing here it says when he communicates telepathically with humans his talk is often more substantive and he is sometimes more forthcoming in the information he imparts but generally he stands back observes the abduction proceedings and may issue directions to the taller beings the existence of task specific beings suggests a hierarchical society and the probability of a governmental body with a downward flowing chain of command from the insect-like beings to the shorter gray aliens other aliens appear to act somewhat subservient to the insect-like beings if this is the case then we can hypothesize that they might possess the highest authority for the entire breeding program and therefore might be the group that initiated abductees frequently comment that the aliens display a hive mentality the shorter aliens especially look alike dress alike and act alike and on board the ufo they do nothing that suggests unique personality traits all individual activity is directed toward the abduction goal in a clinical and dispassionate way the taller gray aliens appear to have more individuality and the robed insect like ones even more Although the aliens might have disagreements and annoyances among themselves, they generally present a united and positive front to the abductees. They constantly tell the abductees about how important the program is and how thankful they are for the abductees' help. So that's a description of what these uh, insects uh, beings are, are like. But it's just so fantastic to imagine that something like this had, has evolved someplace else. But... I, it, it, they're here they're, they have been reported many 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 times i mean in fact you could see images of them in that turkey ufo footage uh 
in, in the one image, it appears that there are greys along with a praying mantis alien hovering over what appears to be a human. Oh, is it, was that human abducted and doesn't even know that he's there and that this that they're doing things to him, manipulating him, removing sperm from him, perhaps? Uh, we we can only speculate on that. But uh, yeah, these uh, beings are real. Um, it's not it's not fantasy. Uh, is my speculation that 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 uh, that they're planning to basically consume mankind and transform us into something that serves them at some point in the future? That could be true. I don't know. It's all speculation. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. But anyway, when you look at the mantises that we have here, it's very interesting. I'm just going to read a little bit information here from Wikipedia about these uh, insects. It says, mantises have large triangular heads with a beak-like snout and mandibles. They have two bulbous compound eyes, three small simple eyes, and a pair of antennae. The articulation of the neck is also remarkably flexible. Some species of mantis can rotate their heads nearly 180 degrees. Uh, I'm going to skip through a lot of this. I'm just going to read. I'm going to hit on a couple of points here. It says most mantises can only hear ultrasound. Uh, mantises have two spiked grasping forelegs, raptorial legs, in which prey items are caught and held securely. Um, we're going to skip forward here, but it talks about their vision on here. It says mantises have stereo vision. They locate their prey by sight. Their compound eyes contain up to 10,000 uh, ama. Tadia, a small, uh, what, I mean, let's look that up here. I don't know what that is. Uh, uh, Amatadia is the compound eyes of anthropods like insects, crustaceans, and millipedes are composed of units called amatadia. And um, an amatadium contains a cluster of photoreceptor cells surrounded by support cells and pigment cells. The outer part of the amatadium is overlaid with a transparent cornea. Okay, I just wanted to give a little, because I didn't understand that. Uh, anyway, continuing here, there's a small area of the front called the fovea has greater visual acuity than the rest of the eye and can produce the high resolution necessary to examine potential prey. Uh, so it sounds like they could uh, see pretty well and they do see in 3D. And what's interesting here also is the diet and hunting uh, habits of these things. Mantises are generalist predators of anthropods. The majority of mantises are ambush predators that only feed upon live prey within their reach. They either camouflage themselves and remain stationary, waiting for prey to approach or stalk their prey with slow, stealthy movements. Larger mantises sometimes eat smaller individuals of their own species, as well as small vertebrates such as lizards, frogs, fish, and particularly small birds. Most mantises stalk tempting prey uh, 
if it strays close enough and will go further when they are especially hungry. Once within reach, mantises strike rapidly to grasp the prey with their spiked reptorial forelegs. Some ground and bark species pursue their prey in a more active way. Uh, so we're just going to skip through that. So basically these things do eat and kill and eat, and sometimes they eat uh, each other. Uh, and I'm going to skip through there. And uh, they're also preyed upon by some of these same things. Uh, we're going to skip through here to uh, uh, something that's really disturbing about them. They, they, uh, they engage in sexual cannibalism. Uh, anyway, sexual cannibalism is common among predatory species of mantises in captivity. It has sometimes been observed in natural populations where about a quarter of male-female encounters result in the male being eaten by the female. Around 90% of the predatory species of mantises exhibit sexual cannibalism. Adult males typically outnumber females at first, but their numbers may be fairly equivalent later in the adult stage, possibly because females selectively eat the smaller males. Uh, so basically, doesn't, doesn't that sound nice? Uh, not only do they uh, eat other living beings, they actually eat themselves, cannibals. The reason for sexual cannibalism has been debated. Experiments show that females on poor diets are likelier to engage in sexual cannibalism than those on good diets. Uh, some hypothesize that submissive males gain a selective advantage by producing offspring. This is supported by a quantifiable increase in the duration of copulation among males which are cannibalized, in some cases doubling both the duration and the chance of fertilization. So, uh, yeah, uh, so that, that's just a little, um, I mean, to think that something like this evolved into an intelligent being that is in, engaged in a hybridization program of human beings is actually absolutely incredible. So are these things responsible for cattle mutilations then? Are they, is that, do they, are they drinking the blood too? Or are, 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 are some of the parts that are removed from cattle eaten by these uh, praying mantises, these intelligent mantises, um, we don't know. Could be, uh, and maybe maybe it's a combination. Maybe they maybe that uh, those cattle mutilations. It's 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 to remove blood from the cattle to feed not only the the minions, the short grays, the tall grays, the reptilians, but maybe also the praying mantises. Maybe they they all live off uh, some sort of. Uh, food that is derived that they get through these cattle mutilations through the blood and perhaps even some of the body parts that are sometimes removed uh, we don't really we don't really know it's all pure speculation uh, but again nobody at the, to this point has proven uh, who it, what who or what is behind cattle mutilations after years and years after what over 50 years now well over 50 years uh, that we've been talking about this and there has been no proof whatsoever brought forward by anybody that shows that cattle mutilations are being caused uh by predators or cr crazies uh, there's nothing out there there's no evidence nobody's ever caught anybody yet uh, however there have been reports of ufos uh during uh during uh usually before these incidents occur so i guess uh yeah it's something to think about it's something to uh consider that uh what we might be dealing with is a, a being that uh uh, if you look at their history, I mean, if if their history is anything like, if they are based on anything like the praying mantises that we have here, uh, then they could be predators. They could be uh, not only here to eat animal life here, uh, feed on animal life, but maybe even us. We just don't know. Uh, there have been reports of human mutilation. There are many, many uh, thousands, uh, tens of thousands of unsolved disappearances every year. 
uh, I have talked to someone who uh, has reported uh, that there was a uh, one of these praying mantises outside of 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 his home at one time at one point back in the 1990s, and uh, uh, this person uh, believes that that thing he felt that this thing wanted to eat him. Uh, and, uh, and it ended up not happening. He believes because, uh, uh, there were some fighter jets that showed up and then this thing took off, got into some sort of a craft and it took off then too. And then the fighter jets followed suit. But, uh, so we just don't know what the story is or what the, what, uh, if, if in fact the praying mantises are in charge or are the ones pulling all the strings at the top or if the, or if there's something above them, we just have no clue. But I just thought it was very interesting to talk about. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. Anyway, I want to move on to uh, something else here today. Um, I want to talk about aliens and water. There's a lot of different cases. I've, I've looking up, uh, a, there's a website above Top Secret that talks about uh somebody had posted on here some years over 10 years ago back actually back in 2010 a bunch of different cases uh from places like ufo casebook uh about incidents involving extraterrestrials uh taking on water into their spacecraft and i find this very interesting and here was a case actually from look at uh 1940 uh a ufo case in 1940 where somebody saw that now this is way before the kenneth arnold uh situation in 1947 so uh, and this happened in Montana. Uh, and here's the headline for this one. It says, UFOs and water case, Broadwater County, Montana. At an isolated location, miner Udo Wartina saw a large disc-shaped object about 35 foot high and about 100 feet across hovering above a meadow. The object resembled two soup plates, one inverted over the other and stainless steel in appearance. Wartina then saw a staircase unfold from the bottom of the craft. Out of it came a man who asked him if, if the ship could take some water. The man then invited Wartina inside the object. Wartina accepted and met another man inside that told him they had come from a distant planet and were 609 years old. They also claimed that they hadn't seen Wartina when they began their descent since they usually avoided human contact. But they also said they had come to gather information, leave instructions, or give help where needed. They told Wartina that the ship was powered by hydrogen extracted from water and created its own gravitational field. When Wartina left the ship, it rose straight into the air and quickly disappeared. Um, here's another incident that happened in 19, uh, March, March 23rd, 1978 in uh, Brazil. 67-year-old Joe Inicio Ribeiro was walking along the ocean front when he saw a circular object about 10 meters in diameter approach from the sea. It had brilliant blue, yellow, green, and lilac colored lights. Uh, 
On its upper, upper section, it had a sort of cabin or cupola with three circular windows. The craft approached, stopped, and hovered above the waters, causing the area directly below the object to become agitated and choppy. Riberio then saw two short humanoids appear on top of the craft. The figures were about one meter in height and wore gray-colored, tight-fitting outfits. The beings were bald-headed with small noses and mouths and huge black eyes. One carried something resembling a walking cane. The other had what appeared to be a vacuum cleaner-like object. Both beings then began operating the vacuum-like object, seemingly extracting water from the ocean. After 10 minutes, they re-entered the object. Moments later, the object descended to 10 meters above the waters, causing them to become even more turbulent, creating large waves and foam. See, I find these these stories interesting because uh, I, what I want I just wanted to point out. I wonder, like I always wonder in, in the in the incident that I was involved in in 1994, if that's what that was all about. You know, I was fishing at this pond, uh, at, at uh, this place called Beach Mountain Lakes in Hazelton, Pennsylvania, with a friend, and uh, you know, it was it was at night. It was uh, it was almost 10 o'clock at night actually when this thing showed up. It was a huge, pretty huge craft. I mean, in my mind, it looked like this. Uh, it was like a, a ranch house just coming, floating toward toward us with no sound whatsoever with these three giant uh, circular headlights, like, but they're huge, uh, lined up uh, horizontally. Um, and it, you know, it came, moved to our, to our position. We were shore fishing. Like I was in one part of the shore and my buddy was in another part. And then this thing shows up and basically comes within 20 feet. I was, it was within 20 feet of where I was standing looking at this thing. And my buddy was basically almost underneath the edge of it with a flashlight. He shined it up underneath. And then the thing just decided to, to fly away off into another direction. Uh, we got out of there quick, and while we were driving, we were on a dirt road. We were actually driving uh, parallel to the, where this thing flew, and we actually had a stop on this dirt road while uh, there was at least twenty deer crossing the road, running away from the direction where that thing just flew. And now I remember I talked to Preston Dennett about this, and I brought this up before. I just want to mention it again, quick. Uh, I talked to Preston Dennett about this, and he said that they were probably there for me because I did have an experience when I was a kid, of course, when there was one of these beings in my room. Uh, so that's possible. I mean, Preston's been studying this a lot longer than I have, uh, so he might be right about that. Or, or I thought maybe one of the ideas I had was that they were there for the deer. I mean, maybe they're there to take uh, mutilate a deer, and, that, and that's why the deer were running away. They were afraid. But then again, they could have been there to basically take on water from that pond, perhaps. I mean, it seems like there's a lot of different cases where you hear uh, flying saucers showing up over a water bot, a body of water, and and somehow. T taking on water from from it i've i've talked about that old guy back in i actually did a uh, i actually went on site uh, a month or so ago uh in gerardville pennsylvania where there was a story in the late 1960s where there was a guy leonard ulosis who was uh had a walk in his dog near this old stripping mining pit that was filled with water but it was in the middle of winter time and it was covered with ice and he said there was a perfectly cut circle in the ice and then that thing came uh, flying saucer came flying out of it and just shot up straight up in the sky like a bullet so there's just so many cases where, where with water involving water uh and and craft uh you wonder what's going on here um you know after talking yesterday uh, I, I wonder if, uh, uh, you know, I was talking about how the, the basically the washroom procedures of extraterrestrials that maybe what they're doing when, when, people, when abductees are on, brought on craft and they see alien beings floating in tanks filled with some liquid, 
Uh, some people always surmise that maybe they're 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 receiving nutrition through through their pores. What I was saying yesterday yesterday's podcast is that maybe no, maybe what's happening is that they were uh, they're, they're actually uh, excreting right. They excrete through their pores. Apparently, uh, that's one of the latest. Uh, uh, theories that's been thrown out there by some anonymous person on Reddit, as we all know. I'm not going to get into all of that again. Uh, so, uh, what if they have to replace? What if they're, they're they're taking on water for that purpose? You know, the to you know they have to get rid of stuff, the stuff that's the the old stuff in there, the uh, and they replace it with new stuff for these purposes we don't know it's all speculation but they do take on water and i'm sure they do need the drink right they do need they do need the drinks uh have some sort of a fluid in their system uh but it's very interesting what does colgate mean by live life to the brightest could it be a rich glass of red sipped inside a parisian cafe on a snowy night when my gaze is met by a tall mysterious <coughs> I mean, brushing is directed with Colgate Optic White Pro Series Toothpaste gives you a visibly whiter smile in just three days, so you can live life to the brightest and finish that glass without worrying about teeth stains. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. Now, uh, getting back to the praying mantis uh, discussion, I want to just bring up one more point. Now, yesterday morning when I woke up, uh, one of the first things I did, I check, I go online to see what the, some of the latest news is, and I saw that there was a video, uh, a new podcast that was published by Doug Papa. Uh, he's a, a, a former uh, police officer who now does his own podcast, talks about all different kind of things going on in the Las Vegas area. He's the one who broke that uh, story with regard to the Las Vegas alien. The first person before uh, Channel 8 later on provided another report, but he was the first one to talk about it. And uh, he basically, in his headline for his video, he, he basically called it a hoax. I was thinking, wow, he must have found something out with regard to this Las Vegas alien story that made him realize that this is a hoax. And I guess I'm going to end up with egg on my face. So I, you know, I watched the video. It was an hour and 42 minutes long. I sat there watching this whole podcast. And he would provide these long-winded build-ups, and I was waiting for the payoff every time, and there really was no payoff. I mean, he didn't really, he just came, he just offered an opinion that uh, that he thinks it's a hoax now. Uh, he says he doesn't see anything on the video uh, that was provided by the family that where you could see a being. I have to, uh, I have to uh, protest there. I uh, allow me to retort. I did have, like I, I pointed out before on, on numerous times already, that I did have crime scene reconstruction expert Scott Roder on. There does seem to be something on that video. I believe that there is. I believe that there was a being there. I believe it possibly could actually be a praying mantis. We just don't know. Uh, how it got there, where it got there, was there a crafter? We don't know. But anyway, I guess getting back to the point here with uh, Doug Papa, uh, I did send him an email yesterday. I don't expect a response. It doesn't seem like he cares about the. T- he doesn't seem like he wants to talk about this anymore. Seems like he wants to distance himself uh, from what I gathered listening listening to his podcast yesterday. That he wants to distance himself from this. He doesn't want to be. Uh, I, I think connected, have any sort of connection with. Uh, uh, people who who uh, are interested in UFOs and the extraterrestrial presence. He doesn't. I don't know if he wants to even go there anymore. 
he seemed very defensive when he was uh, during his presentation. Of course, I'll leave the link here so you can check it out for yourself. Uh, but again, what I found, I mean, he might have had a couple of good points that led to him coming to this conclusion that it, that he thinks it's a hoax. But again, it was only opinion. I was waiting to see some sort of evidence that would nail it down because, I mean, he was the one who first reported this, but he didn't offer any evidence. Again, what he did was he provided these uh, long uh, explanations uh, building up towards something. And then when it finally got to it, there was there was nothing at the end. There was really nothing there to that proves it's a hoax whatsoever. He just wanted to give his opinion, I guess. But I did send him a, a segment of that video from uh, where Scott Roeder uh, pointed out that there is something moving in that uh, uh, some of those, a couple of those frames. And uh, I don't know. As far as I'm concerned, I, I still don't see this as a hoax. I don't think it will ever be proven as a hoax. Um, I don't see unless the family all came out and said, "Yeah, we perpetrated a hoax." But I, I don't see that ever happening uh, because then that means somebody's going to go to jail. Uh, uh, for one thing, right? Because they called 911. There was a 911 call. Uh, somebody's going to get in trouble if that was a hoax. And I don't think it was. They, I think when you look at all those videos, you look at everything in totality. Oh, uh, yeah, there might have been some inconsistencies here and there, right? But, but the bottom line is there was. they were scared of something. Something scared that family. And in particular, uh, when you look at that little video segment that was provided by, uh, identified by Scott Roeder, I, I just think that there is something there. Uh, does it make me right? But that's my opinion. Anyway, uh, thank you for joining me. Until next time.